Welcome to the Gratitude Cafe, positive radio to feed your soul. Your dynamic host and founder, Sue Lundquist, will bring you her own intuitive talents and gifts for co-creating, healing, and teaching. Her show, The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul, is focused on bringing you to a higher place each week where you can leave the hustle of life at the door. So pull up a chair and join us for The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, Benny! Howdy, Sue. How are ya? I'm doing very well, thank you. King. Oh, is, is that a... I feel like my the streaming is act. Do you f- hear the fuzziness, or is that on my end? Uh, let me see. Let me turn up my cans here. Oh, turn on the cans. Yeah, there you go. You, Don't hear anything. You, no, okay, it's it's different. Anyways, good morning, everybody. <laughs> Hi, everybody in Seattle. Benny, I know we were talking to our guest Roy, and then mm-hmm. yourself, but I just have to say. Big, huge happy anniversary to me and the doggies, the fur babies, and uh, taking a massive leap of faith. To- oh, thank you. Backing up 40 plus years of being in Woodenville and Washington, right? And uh, again, massive leap of faith takes some, takes some ovaries to uh, pack up all my stuff. And wow. To- you got that. You got that, right? <laughs> oh, I got that. <laughs> I got, yeah. To uh, move to Ben and yeah, my nervous system has never been happier. (laughs) I just, I just go into this, oh, it's so nice. Anyways, so happy anniversary to me and my fur babies and to life in general. Remind all of you, if you want a copy of the show, thank you, Benny. If you want a copy of the show, please go to sulanquist.com forward slash newsletter. We send it out every month or not every month, every week and every month. So four or five times a week. Um, We're not going to spam you or do anything like that. We're giving you some really good quality information. So check it out and you'll see information, links, free gifts from my guests. I do readings, all of that good stuff right there. So go to suelundquist.com forward slash newsletter and get your copy. For those of you joining us live, hi, YouTube world. For those of you, and of course, on Trestor Radio, good morning, everybody. For those driving into work, out of work, wherever you're going, just be safe. The intention is to love on you. And of course, with this radio show, it's new perspective, new thoughts, new ideas. It's a new you. You take what resonates with you and leave the rest. And and if there's something that kind of is that squeaky wheel, good. Noodle on it because somewhere, somehow in you, you've you've there's something in there you need to answer. So make sure that that little squeaky wheel is getting answered. Okay, I've got some questions for you guys. Audience, you ready for this? Groundhog Day, the relationship groundhog day syndrome. Benny, do you know what that is? I do not. Enlighten me. I don't either. I don't know. About dating online. Oh, you're out of the dating scene. Now, I did that on. for a minute or two. And then a I, minute or two. I, I no longer have it. to. Nope. I know. Congrats. Thank sweetheart. you. Yeah. Um, what about conscious communication? How's that sound? I like that one, though. I like that, too. Mm-hmm. Compassionate, conscious communication. I say that all the time. So Roy Bianca Lana is joining us today. And I am super, super excited. He is a certified relationship coach and a nationally recognized expert in the field of attraction and conscious relationship. 
He is the author of three number one best-selling books, the latest of which is Relationship Bootcamp, Hardcore Training for Life. I love this. Love and the Pursuit of Intimacy. Roy, welcome. Oh, it is so good to be here. I appreciate your energy and your, your passion for what you do. It's, uh, oh. yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. It is. Well, Roy, I, yes, I can do the formal bio, but let's get to yeah. know you. How did you get to where you're at today? Yeah, I got into coaching um, sort of in the weirdest way. I never intended to be a coach. I, I, I went through a period of time in my life where I recognized all my relationships were a nightmare. They weren't working out. I was fairly successful professionally, but in terms of relating with women, I couldn't make it work, right? So I had a 19-year marriage that became very co-parenting, very functional, very like brotherly, sisterly, right? There wasn't much sex. There wasn't much arguing. It, we just functioned well. Right. Well, that got old. I call yeah. that cohabitation. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that got old for both of us, but I was the one to make a move toward a divorce. And of course, you know, I just rebounded into the exact opposite relationship, right? So it was like all sex. <laughs> At the time, it was wonderful. But we were together for two and a half years. We got engaged. And then she broke up with me about six months before the wedding. And that sent me on what I call a, a year-long midlife crisis. I mean, I was an absolute mess. I mean, I couldn't sleep. I had heart palpitations. I had obsessive thinking. I wasn't functioning well in my job or my parenting. And, and so I did the only thing at the time that I really knew how to do, which sort of makes me laugh now because it's like the very thing you should not do. In fact, I tell my clients, that if you just don't do all the things I did, you're going to be fine. Like, so <laughs> everything I, everything I teach is like the opposite of what I did because it right. just created more and more drama and pain and suffering. So with all the pain I was experiencing, I just decided to go find another woman. Just, I joined four different dating sites and I just wanted to find someone who might make me forget about the last one. Right. And so in doing that, I, I really wasn't aware at the time, but I was completely not available to these new women. I was in a sense using them to get over something like it really wasn't conscious. I was just trying to survive, but now I recognize that, that even though I thought I was available, I really wasn't. And so you can imagine the amount of drama that that caused. Okay. So in the midst of all of these nightmares, a friend of mine suggested that I might need some help in my love life. Okay. So the other, it's so obvious now, but back then I was like, I really, back then I honestly believe I'm fine. Well, I'm... it was all the woman's fault. That's what I actually believe. Like oh. I really thought that, oh, it was my ex-wife and her issues with sex and then all oh, my ex-fiance and all that. And then all these crazy women I met online, it never occurred to me that I was the common denominator in everything. Right. So <laughs> That's it, it, how the ego works, right? It's always them. It's, it's, we never want to look in the mirror, but for some reason, maybe the pain just got bad enough. I decided maybe I had something to do with the, the nightmares and the patterns that I was experiencing. And I hired a coach and that, that moment when I decided that maybe I had something to do with it to focus on myself instead of just pointing the finger at everybody else. 
that was the big shift that changed my life, I think, permanently and for the better. Because when I started to look in the mirror, that's when I started to discover things I didn't know were there. And so that, my coach that just right walked there, me. That right there, Roy, is super, super juicy. Because it's everything. It is everything. And that's what I teach. The number one thing is awareness. But, yeah. well, and this big, brave work, looking at yeah. yourself and going, oh, I didn't show up right. that well. It's big, brave work, right? Right, right. The ego does not like to take responsibility, to look at itself, to, mm -hmm. to take ownership, to wonder you know, how is my childhood conditioning a part of something here? How are my, what I call my relationship personas involved? What are my personality blind spots? Like, what am I doing to, to attract the wrong partners, to attract these unhealthy dynamics? The ego just loves to point the finger and say, it's all them. So I made that initial shift. And when you make that shift, you then enter into the possibility of seeing things that you normally would not see because you weren't looking right it's like and you don't want to see right right, <laughs> First time right. You're like, but I, oh. right but i believe the universe is actually for our evolution and so oh, when no. we actually say okay i'm listening we start getting downloads and oh. mine came just through the questions my coach asked me to look at myself to wonder about the patterns and what my part was so when I went through that, I spent about two years working with a coach, which in the coaching world, that's a lifetime. Okay. But I was pretty, I was pretty messed up. So when I came out of that and I was able to meet and date and fall in love with and marry an amazing woman and then create something that was healthy and sustainable. When I experienced that kind of transformation, I really just decided to become a coach because I just felt like. I wanted to do for other people what my coach did for me. And right? like, walk the talk so you can look at well, that. Right. Oh. And I, I really saw that the transformation that, that I've experienced in my relationships and especially my intimate relationship was not because I was lucky or because like God blessed me with something. It was because I, I asked certain questions and I looked in certain places and I did a certain kind of work that is repeatable for anyone. And so if you just follow the same pattern I did and ask the same questions and look in the same places, you can have the same results. So I just want to be a coach to kind of show people what I found. I often describe myself as I'm one beggar telling other beggars where to find bread, right? <laughs> like, I just, let me show you what I found. Or like, yeah. or like Lucy in the Chronicles of Narnia, right? She goes through the back of the wardrobe closet. Yeah. She finds this amazing place Come and she see, has to go back see, to her friends. Yeah, yeah, come see, right? So that's why I'm doing this. It's very much of a personal mission to just encourage people that if you can drop the ego and you can look in the mirror a bit, you can do some hard work on yourself. Everything in your life can change. And Let's, I've seen and, it happen just too many times. Oh, I we're speaking the same language. I absolutely, and I love this conversation. And I think it's relationships across the board, regardless, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's conscious. It's about being aware. It's having, it's having compassion and getting curious about yourself and the other person. And talk to me about your definition of relationship partnership. What does that look like? And then I want to ask you about Groundhog Day. Yeah, that's a good one. The syndrome, because I have yeah. an Eeyore syndrome. So I'm, I'm right. super excited to hear right, about right, Groundhog. Right. right. So 
my definition of relationship. Um, I guess I would steal, steal it from my, on my favorite spiritual teacher, kind of Michael Singer, who wrote the book, yeah. the untethered soul. Okay. Oh my, was right. that a brilliant book? Yeah. 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 Well, I oh, used to live in Florida. He's, he's got a, like a temple facility near Gainesville. And I, I was living in Orlando and for two and a half years, I went to see him every other week and just sit and he would teach. It was fantastic. So, oh. right. But one time he said that the definition of a conscious relationship is creating an atmosphere with another person where you are together to work on yourselves rather than to work on each other. Okay. Mm. So think about that's, that. Well, that's beautiful. And, and, and also I'd like to add, and you, maybe you're going to say this too, but it's yeah. a safe place. Yeah. Not judgmental, not, you know, just right. Just the observer right. holding the space. Let's have the conversation. Right. Well, that's what it means to be in a relationship where you're not working on each other. Because yeah. if you're working on each other, what that means is it's not safe. That means I'm trying to change you, which means there's a criticism and there's a judgment on my part that I know how you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to think, how you're supposed to live, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to try to change you to be the person I need you to be so that I get to feel whatever it is safe or in control or whatever. Oh. Right. That's just the definition of, well, drama and codependency. But yeah. what he's saying is if you have an atmosphere where you're together to work on yourselves, like I'm here to work on me alongside of you working on you. Now there is no finger pointing. There is no emphasis on trying to change the other person. I'm simply interested in my own self-awareness, my own growth and what I can learn from how I get triggered in this relationship or emotions that come up. Right. So, because in, even in a conscious relationship, things get triggered, things come up. Oh, right? totally. It's that when you're in an unconscious relationship, you blame the other person for them. And you say you have to stop doing something or be a different kind of person. So I don't have to feel any of that. But in a conscious relationship, you're like, oh, I get triggered by things. Um, but that just makes me want to be more curious about me. What are my motives? What, why do I feel triggered there? What can I learn about that? So then your partner is an ally for your growth rather than some sort of impediment to what you want. Okay. Yes. So that enabling, to me, enabling yeah. and bringing in the drama. Oh, honey. it's right. A, oh, Yeah. Right. Right. Ugh, right. So no. I think that that atmosphere sounds pretty healthy to me versus being in a relationship where you're each just trying to control and change and criticize each other. And which I don't know, you've probably been in those relationships. I've been in those. I mean, my ex-wife, right. I wanted to change her sexuality and her this, and she was wrong. She was bad. And we are, oh my God. Right. So oh, don't I, right, I know this stuff from personal experience <laughs> and I'm sure the, the listener is nodding their head. Yeah. Been there, done that. And oh yeah. Hopefully they're open to, you know, what can I learn? How do I go in this new direction? Um, that leads away from drama and towards awakening and enlightenment and harmony and things like mm. that. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. I had a conversation with a friend yesterday. We were talking about new conscious relationships and just sitting in a space. And I, I'd love to hear, I'm going to I'll tell you what we were talking about because this is just perfectly right in alignment with what you're saying. And we were talking about the dynamics of relationships 
and he and I are friends and we're, we had the conversation of, okay, is this, because it, it was in the reference of a relationship and, and he was defining the relationship in the conversation. And I'm like, is that what, meaning, is that what people really feel like when they've got the whole relationship? Like you have a relationship with different parts of people and friends and situations, right? And there's things that you get from individuals, totally right, wrong, or whatever. It's all, all good. However, if you have a partnership, intimacy, emotional, conscious, that creates that safe environment, I, I was on the phone with him last night. And I'm like, I don't even know what that looks like. I haven't created that yet, right? Because I, I don't have a neural pathway. I'm like, is that what people are talking about when they have a, a solid, I don't know the language that you would use, a solid conscious relationship that in, in, in incorporates all of the feelings, all of the emotions, all of the consciousness. Am I, did I make any sense? Well, yeah. I mean, you're, you're just, you're describing a healthy atmosphere where, where all the feelings are allowed and right. nothing is taboo. Nothing's off limits. Nothing is quote wrong that whatever our reality is, is allowed to be revealed. Right. And that, revealed. that gets into a kind of a conscious communication. You mentioned kind of in the intro is a healthy relationship is, is one that's, that has a kind of authenticity and a rawness or a realness to it that can only occur if there's an atmosphere of safety and kind of an, an agreement that everything is welcome here, even quote the bad stuff, even quote the dark side. It's like, we don't want secrets. We don't want anything hidden. We want to, we want to be like Adam and Eve in the garden. Remember it said they were naked and unashamed, right? Yeah. <laughs> so well, I, lo I love that and, phrase. I love that, but uh, naked and unafraid. And then there's the TV show that pops into my head. Well, un unashamed, then, not unafraid. Un unashamed, yeah. correct. Yes, pardon me. What's popping? Oh, I just, where did that train of thought? Okay, Roy, continue your train of thought. There was something juicy I wanted to ask you. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I think we could talk just briefly about the communication aspect of things, yes. right? Because I often have some fun with my clients or whenever I'm on a podcast or doing my own podcast, which I have, you know, and I ask the question, would you rather be in a relationship that's characterized by authenticity and transparency and openness and honesty, or would you rather be in a relationship that's characterized by playing games and has withholds and manipulations and dishonesty and lying, right? And of course- yes nobody says they want to be in the game playing relationship until they really learn what it would mean to be truly authentic. Okay. So, right. To be truly authentic means that you don't hide what's going on on the inside of you, right? In any moment, what's going on on the inside of us, we have body sensations, we have emotions, we have a thought stream. There's a voice in the head that's saying something we have wants desires, fears, worries. And most of us, when the ego is in charge, especially early in a relationship, we are afraid to let a new person sort of know what we're experiencing moment to moment. And we do something that I call redactive dating. Okay. Redactive. <laughs> you know, yeah. Dating. Redactive. Now, you know, in government uh, documents, sometimes 
they'll redact certain things, meaning they will black out certain lines, right? You can't read this. You can't read that. You can't know this. And they, they'll just show you the parts of a document that they can release, but everything else that, you know, the good stuff is all blacked out. <laughs> so we sometimes we date that way, right? right. We show up and say, I, I'm going to show you the parts that I think you'll like that I think you will um, find attractive and interesting, but I'm not going to show you the parts that I think you might judge or that you might not like about me or might scare you. Right. So we, we go on dates and we start interacting, you know, especially early on in a relationship where we are in pretense. We right. are sort of, I'm going to show you this, but I won't show you that. And so then a person begins to like you or fall in love with you, but they're not really in love with you. They're just in love with the you you've shown them. The chameleon. Right. E exactly. Exactly. So real authenticity stems from your, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, your soul being rooted and grounded in beingness to such that when you meet someone new or you're in a relationship, you fundamentally recognize that I don't need this person. I, I, I don't need them to like me. I don't need them to approve of me. I don't, I don't need them to give me any safety. Like I'm already safe. I'm already grounded. Like I said, I'm already married to life itself. I'm already connected. I'm already one with life. So therefore, when I'm, when I'm that grounded, I can be real with you. Because if you don't like the real me, that's okay. It might not feel good, but it's not going to kill me because I'm already grounded in, in a beingness that transcends any human relationship, right? So with that kind of groundingness, I can show up and I can tell you what's really on my mind. <laughs> like you could be on a first date with a guy and you're over there thinking, oh my God, our children would be beautiful, right? I mean, you're already like, <laughs> I, 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 I'm already picturing the, the ring you're going to get me, right? And you could reveal to him, even on a first date, like, my God, I'm, I'm so far ahead of myself right now. I'm so enjoying you. You're, you're so attractive. I'm even thinking our kids would be gorgeous, right? And you normally might not say that because, oh my God, he's going to think I'm, you know, needy. I'm desperate. I'm, I'm over the top. I'm neurotic, right? But you're, you're just concerned with, I'm just going to be real with this person. Oh. I, I don't really care how they take it. I, I just don't want to play games. So whatever I'm feeling, you know, perhaps you're on a date, you know, and a person's had like five drinks, okay? And they're kind of slurring their words and you're sitting over there thinking, oh my God, okay, this person's really cute and I really like him. We have a lot in common, but uh, I'm kind of scared right now that they have a drinking problem and, and I don't want to get involved in a relationship with a person that's got a real drinking problem, Okay. Now, if you want an authentic relationship, you just come out with that. You just look at them across the table and say, hey, no judgment. You can drink as much as you want. I just want you to know me. Over here, I'm scaring myself. Over here, I have thoughts like, is this a problem? I don't want to get involved in a problem. What is this going to mean? And I'm thinking about maybe we shouldn't even have a second date. I'm really concerned about this. And I'm saying that not to change you or not to judge you or anything, but just to let you know that's what's happening here. That's my authentic experience. And I want you to know it. And of course, that will lead then to a discussion to where that person might get triggered and walk out. That person might call you a prude. That person might say, you know, you're right. 
Uh, I've been so nervous tonight because you're so beautiful. I just, I, I didn't know what to do. I can't stop. <laughs> Who knows, right? The, but the issue is, do you want to be a, a person of candor? Do you want to be a revealer rather than a concealer, mm. right? And when we get right down to it, if you pay attention to yourself, you will notice that most of the time you're committed to being a concealer. You, I would never say that on the first date. I, I, you know, I, I would never let them know that I, I have a certain emotion or, or I'm thinking thoughts about whatever it might be. Right. So I just tell people that whatever the law of attraction in this way just means like, like attracts like, meaning if you decide you want to be an authentic person and just live out loud, right. And reveal yourself to someone. And I should say, there's a caveat here. Like you don't tell somebody how much money you make on a first date. You don't tell them how much debt you have. You don't tell them all about your medical history. No, it's a first date. Relax. But there are certain things that come up in the midst of a first date that you know that, oh my God, if I were to tell them that I'm a little insecure sometimes and I can have a jealousy streak or the guy might say, you know, sometimes I have an anger issue. Like I, I lose my temper. Sometimes it's really hurt me in past relationships, right? Either you're going to be authentic and let that fly and let them know that's you. That's, that's true. That's something you're working on or, or not. Um, you know what I mean? So either you're going to do that, you're going to reveal that or you're not. When you do decide that I don't want to play games and I want to be authentic, you will chase away people that want to play games. Oh, totally. And the people that want authenticity are going to find that so refreshing. You're going to attract people that want to play the same game as you. If you want to play the authenticity game, you will find someone that says, okay, wow, you took a chance and you just said something to me that I know you could worry might chase me off. Right? Like, would you ever tell someone on a first date that you cheated on your last relationship? No, because people think once a cheater, always a cheater. Okay. Right. Which isn't true. I mean, I cheated. I didn't done done it again. Okay. So I've written about that in my book. So I have no problem telling the world. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I did it. I was, I was lost. I was a mess, but that's the only, that's I, I I did it. So, uh, so anyway, when you commit to a certain way of relating and communicating, you attract people around you that want to be in that same atmosphere. Yes. Now you're in business because now you're like, Hey, the rules in this relationship is we're just putting it out there. And if we can create that safe space where it's all okay. And then we work with it. Now we're in business other than playing games. And then you end up in all that weird stuff we've all been in. Oh, I love this conversation. We are going to continue on YouTube. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, Roy question. There's this little, and I hear from the audience and I hear it a little bit from myself. We're talking a lot about relationship. What about that in between? I call it trying on the hats, dating, conscious dating, just trying on hats to see if I'm going to twist it, if it fits right, if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. But also at the same time, you're attracting, you know, the bees to the honey, your honey, your authentic and genuine. I'd love to have that conversation. I'm teasing the audience right now. Great. So have to come back. That's the Groundhog Day syndrome. So we'll get into it. Ah! All right, audience, I love you guys. We are talking about relationship, conscious relationships, authentic, 
How are you showing up, boys and girls? We're going to be right back with Roy. Sue Lundquist here with the Gratitude Cafe. We'll see you on YouTube too. Lundquist here with the Gratitude Cafe. All right, folks, seriously, I've got the doorway. I'm working with amazing, high-functioning clients that are doing the work and busting through old habits to now transform their lives. This means breaking their old programming, their old stories, to feeling a purpose and such a relief that now that they have the answers. Does that sound good to you? Yes, I knew it. Give me a call, 206-300-2227. Every person with a disability deserves equity in education, employment, and their community. Sherwood Community Services takes pride in serving all people with disabilities and their families since 1957, including in rural areas and non-native English-speaking communities. Sherwood provides service in Snohomish, Skagit, and Island Counties. Sherwood is open for referrals for telehealth and virtual support for children and adults with disabilities. To find out more, visit SherwoodCS.org. Sherwood, believing in abilities. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Dispenza. I wanted to take a moment and let you know about a nonprofit organization called Give to Give. The Give to Give Foundation was created by a group of people who have studied my work or have participated in my workshops around the world. And by applying the principles of mind over matter and the mind-body connection, they've created outstanding changes in their lives or in their health, and they wanted to give back. The organization is dedicated to providing the proper resources to those people in need to gain the opportunity to learn exactly how to change their body or their lives. If you want to learn more about the Give to Give Foundation, or you know someone that needs help, or you simply want to make a donation, visit givetogive.com. Those who give don't always know how to love. Those who love always know how to give. Thank you. Alternative Talk 1150. It's good for what ails you. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. Every day, and I'll send all my loving to you. All my loving, I will send to you. Oh my goodness, welcome back Radio World. All right, YouTubers, thank you so much for joining us. And to the podcast world, thank you so much for... Uh, Tuning in after, I'd love to hear from you guys. This is a really good, juicy conversation. And work on ourselves while together, not fixing, be an ally for one another. Um, in this relationship, what can I learn? How do I go into a new direction? See, Roy, I was, I've got notes. Do you see all my notes I love here? it. Love it. <laughs> it's all good notes. I can be real with you, Roy and I, and re what it, it's redactive. No, that's not redactive. Redactive, redact, blacken like it to, out like to edit yourself, print. right? Yes, blacken yeah. it out. Yes, I'll show yeah. you this. I won't show you that. Yes, I'll show you this. I won't show you that. What are we talking about? We're talking about conscious relationships. 
Uh, and Roy, I'm going to give you Roy's website. It's www.coachingwithroy.com. Again, www.coachingwithroy.com. He's going to have a special gift for you. I will also include it in the posting that we're going to be doing uh, in a day or two, whenever we get the YouTube yeah. and stuff set up with my team. So before we left, I had asked a question and Roy said, well, that's great. Cause that's groundhog day syndrome. And I'm like, yeah. Roy, please tell me what that is. Yeah. 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 It sounded like you were kind of getting at the topic of the dating and meeting people and trying on different hats and, you know, just the, the initial, attraction part and so forth. So um, this brings up the whole topic of attraction and the patterns that we attract and the partners that we attract and sometimes the problems that we attract and the pain, right? So yeah. I've coined this term called relationship groundhog day syndrome, right? So it's like that old movie where Bill Murray keeps living the same thing over and over again. Most people who are single can point to a pattern where they, they seem to be dating the same person or, or, the, or the same pattern over and over again and the same problem and the same pain. Yeah. Whether, why do I always attract people that are unavailable or attract people who are sort of broken down and falling apart or people that are afraid of commitment or, right? Most people can point to a pattern. My pattern was that I was a genius at attracting what I would call a damsel in distress. Okay. Oh, you wanted to fix? Well, yes. I wanted to rescue. Rescue. Okay. okay. Right. So I, I would have a pattern of attracting uh, women who were usually very high powered and successful professionally, but they might have had um, their single mothers and they were just overwhelmed by trying to manage their household and their career. And they were just going every which direction and their hair was on fire, right? And they just felt overwhelmed with the whole thing. Well, they were perfect for me because I had a mentality that the, and I learned this between me and my mother, and I don't want to spend too much time going into all that, but I learned from an, at an early age where I was conditioned to see that the way that I could get attention and affection from a woman was to make my life be about taking care of hers right? In my house, if mama wasn't happy, nobody was happy. And you just forget what you want, forget what you're interested in. What's mom's agenda? What does she want? Make her happy, do her thing. When you do, you will feel some emotional connection. And what little boy doesn't want to be close to his mother, right? right. It's sort of your first girlfriend. It's your first experience with the feminine as a little yeah. boy. And so I just learned that well, wow, the, the way I can feel some warmth and some real connection with my mom is if I sort of ignore what I want and I'm just here to be a good boy. So I call him good boy Roy, okay? Yeah. So now I'm 45 years old and I have this mentality, well, that the way you get a beautiful woman to give you attention and affection is by being the world's greatest boyfriend. Be, be a good boy. Like make your life be about taking care of hers, okay? So- Meeting that high-powered, successful, financially successful woman whose life was just overwhelmed. Oh, my God, we were perfect for each other. Because I would swoop in like Superman. Baby, I'll raise your kids. I'll take care of your house. I'll do the laundry. I'll do the shopping. I'll clean everything. I'll wash your car. I'll cut your grass. And based upon my past, 
all you got to do is take care of me if you know what I mean. Right. Right? Right. So they, so that was the dynamic is like, I was Roy, the rescuer. Right. And of course, when I'm in that mindset, the only women on the planet that I will attract or feel chemistry with are women who need rescuing. Mm. You follow me there? Yeah. So they go together like cookies and milk. So if I'm coming from that place that I need to be a good boy, I need to rescue a woman. That's how I get her to like me. Then the woman who's got her blank together, right? The woman who, who can handle her life, who's like, oh yeah, I got a lot going on, but I don't, I don't need you to rescue me. I, I got it, right? A woman who just needs me for relationship, for just general support and doesn't need me to swoop in like Superman and take care of everything. I wasn't attracted to her. She wasn't attracted to me because my, my game didn't fit her. Right. The only women that found me like to be like, like the, we are the world's greatest boyfriend were women who were that damsel in distress. And so as long as pattern, I want to remind the audience. Right. So, so I use this image of two puzzle pieces. Remember you were a kid making little puzzles, thousand piece puzzles. Mm -hmm. Well, not any piece of the puzzle goes with any other piece. It has to find its match, the the reciprocal shape. Follow me? (laughs) Yes. So here's the mistake most of us make. I keep attracting emotionally unavailable men, or I keep attracting people that are afraid of commitment or whatever it is. We put our attention saying, how can I find someone who's not like that? And I want to say, if you don't change your shape, it's impossible. You will only attract that into your life because you're going through life shaped like that puzzle piece and only certain other puzzle pieces will fit you. So if you want to get out of a pattern, it's about discovering what am I doing to attract that? What, what persona am I moving with? What beliefs do I have? What fears are running my life that make me show up in a way that require partners to be that way? Mm. Right? That so juicy, Roy. That, so juicy. That's the deepest work you can do. And that's what it means to take responsibility, right? Because I was blaming totally. the women, right? But no, they were all a reflection of my unconsciousness. They were a reflection of my shape. Yeah. Okay? So yep. when I did the work in changing me, all of a sudden, I started meeting women who weren't damsels in distress. I was attracted to a different kind of woman. And what did you do in that moment? Did you, <laughs> like your nervous system, I'm sure was like, oh, wait a minute. I, talk, walk me through that because it's new, right? It's a well, different- it, was, it, was, it was scary. Yeah. Because once my coach helped me point out Roy, the rescuer, we, we called him Casanova. Okay. Cause he oh, was yeah. like, he would light your cigarette. He'd lay up his coat down over a puddle. His whole life was about just whatever you need, baby, whatever you need, baby. Cause I'm, I was so afraid. And I want to point this out. I did the Mr. Mom thing, not because it was an expression of my love. It was an expression of my fear. I didn't mm. really want to do all that stuff, but I thought I had to, in order to get laid in order yeah. to get a woman to like me. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't coming from any good place. Um, It was coming from all of my fear. So when my coach pointed this out to me and I started to see, I was like, well, then if I'm, if I'm not Roy, the rescuer, who am I? Who am I? Right. Right. And she said, welcome to the journey. Uh, Welcome to trying to find out 
who is the authentic Roy, not the phony one that's scared to death that a woman won't like him. And so the journey became, who am I if I'm not afraid? Who am I if I let go of believing that I have to make my life be about taking care of a woman's in order to get her to give me the time of day? What if I can stand in my power a bit? What if I can stand in, in things that I want and who I am and bring them to a relationship and try to get something mutual here? You know, who is that guy? And I didn't know. And it scared me because um, I was looking looking for something in a box and I opened the box. And I didn't see anything in there. I didn't know what it was. But the more I did the work, the more I kept on the journey, the more I discovered, oh, no, there's a real authentic you, um, by the way, that women would find attractive, mm-hmm. not the damsel, <laughs> yeah. but, but, the, but the woman who, who is more coming from her authenticity. And not long after this work is when I sat down next to my wife at a personal growth conference. I mean, she was the prettiest girl in the room. I just sat down next to her and, and we made a fool of ourselves just by flirting with each other during this conference, which is a whole nother story we could share sometime. Um, love it. But, but that's, that is the kind of work that we need to do. If we have patterns, you got to get out of the blame. I keep attracting. If we have right? patterns. We all have patterns. Right, right. right. Oh. And it's about becoming aware of your shape. You could say your psychological, your emotional shape. Yeah. That's all based upon our childhood and all that kind of stuff, you know, um, but it is, it is possible to change your shape. It really is possible to let go of being Casanova or one of the most common ones is a lot of my female clients tell me that they keep attracting men who are broken down. You know, I'm like, Oh, so you're, you're like Mrs. Goodwrench. You're, you're a mechanic. And so if you're a mechanic, if you if you get if you feel like you get love when you fix things or you heal things or you put things back together and you're helpful and you're nurturing and you're caregiving well then you'll always attract a broken down car because yeah. mechanics and broken down cars go together right i don't want a broken down car no right so the more that you don't see yourself as I've got to fix men to get them to like me, which can Ugh. come from your relationship with your father. I mean, there's all kinds of layers oh, in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you wake up to, well, no wonder why I keep attracting men that are broken down because I see myself, the only way I can get love is by being a helper, a caregiver, nurturer, kind of a mommy figure, uh, a, a, Flor- a Florence Nightingale, a nurse. Nurses always attract oh, wounded yes. soldiers, yes. right? Yes. If you don't want a wounded soldier, that's, you know, if you are attracting wounded soldiers, it's because you're moving through life as a nurse and you're going to attract wounded people. Right? Yeah. So this becomes a, a kind of a, a, a type of hilarity when you start to see it and you then end up having no blame for your partners in the past. You're like, oh my God, I've come into this world as Casanova. No wonder why I attracted all those women. It's not your fault. I mean, it's like I actually needed you to play your role in my movie, right? Yes. And and it just leads to such change and transformation, um, you know, and that's what I love doing with people, you know, when they really want to go deep and dive into these things. Love it. Sorry, I just had people asking questions and they're like yeah. texting going, oh my God, yeah. Sue, this is a great show. This is yeah. such a good conversation. Well, I'm, so glad. I'm glad. I love it. Who 
am I if I'm not in fear? Who am I if I'm not in doubt? Who am I if I'm not fixing? Who am I if I'm not Roy the Rescuer? Right. Who am I if I'm not doing Groundhog Day? Who right. am I? You right. know what? You're authentic and genuine. Keep going. Keep finding it. Keep researching. Right. And Roy's right. a really good start. You could go to his website and that's triple W yeah. coaching with Roy.com. Yeah. You know, yeah. so Sue, right. So Sue, I often describe myself as like a, a relationship trainer instead of saying a coach, sort of akin to a personal trainer in a gym. Yes. Right. It's like we have seven relationship muscles. My like my newest book, Relationship Bootcamp, is all about strengthening your most important relationship muscles. Okay. That should Just, be a signed copy coming to this kid. Yeah. Well, if you want one, you got it. And there's no Done. doubt about yes, it. Please. Right. Um, so like some of these muscles are your relationship to your emotions, right? Most of us, you know, are not smarter than a fifth grader when it comes to, to emotional intelligence, especially us guys. I have to kind of put us all in this camp. It's not fair, but you know, most men have had no training on how to deal with their emotions or somebody else's emotions. And, and if relationships really are about emotional contact. And so if we're not, if we're not really emotionally intelligent, we're going to have a hard time relating with people. Okay. There's a relationship. We talked about this off air to your past, right? All of us. I often joke. The only people that don't have baggage are the little babies in the maternity ward. Oh, uh, the only ones, the rest of us have scars and wounds and we've been betrayed and lied to and ghosted. And some of our, we have trauma, I mean, really bad stuff. And some of us just have more of the normal stuff. We've been dumped and we've been lied to. And, and all these things create trust issues. They create a sense that I want to guard my heart because I don't want to be hurt again, which makes sense. But Walls around your heart will keep you safe, but they'll keep you single, right? Yeah. Like nobody can get it. Not even somebody who truly has a desire to love you. So a lot of our work has to strengthen our relationship to the past. Meaning how do we let go of the things that happened? And, and, and not that we forget, but how do we let go of the, the negative energetic charge that it comes with the, um, I call it, there's a refractory period, right? Yeah. There, there's triggered. Re, don't, right. don't send the email. Don't make the phone call. Just right. stop. <laughs> and, and I, right. And I often say that, you know, when you have a healthy relationship to the past, you, you, your past is something that happened. If you're like a normal person, your past is something that's happening. Like it's still alive in you. Yes. And Good so now point. you're, you know, if you've been cheated on a couple of times, and then some person standing in front of you, maybe somebody's hitting on you or you're meeting someone in some way, you, you are going to be thinking, are you going to cheat on me too? I mean, like, oh yeah, because, totally. because if that's yeah. been your past, it, you're going to project as projection. Yep. And so, so I often say that most of our relationships are like a menage a trois from hell, <laughs> right? Meaning totally. there's me, there's you and the past, the yes. three of us are in this and it's yeah. right. So now the person you're talking to is sort of having to pay for the sins of the past yeah. and they don't have anything to do with it. And it's not fair. And the, the better a person is, the more quality of a person is, the more they can feel that there's something going on here, that there's, 
you're not letting you're not letting this relationship move at the pace it should or i feel like i'm having to earn your trust in some way rather than you're open and you're available and you will trust me until I prove to you that I shouldn't be trusted, Ugh, right? Yeah. So that's a huge one. Uh, and then there's a relationship to our inner truth. We already talked about that. There's a relationship to, you know, our inner energy. This is the whole masculine feminine kind of dynamic. Yeah. Um, and then there's a relationship to our love stories, right? We've all grown up in environments where we come out of childhood and adolescence and we've seen relationships yeah. and we're like, oh, relationships mean somebody's in control they're about power yes. they're about who's in you know who's submissive and who's in charge right. or relationships are about compromise oh to be in a relationship you have to give up what you want or who you are in order to you know to be there or relationships are about performance yeah. you know you got to right there's all these stories that we can have that are running in the background whenever i meet someone i have clients a lot of times it'll say you know, I'm 43 years old. I've really never been in a serious relationship. And immediately I'm like, ding, ding, ding. That's because they have a story Yes. that to be in a relationship is going to hurt them in some way. It's going to cost them. It's, it's going to limit them. And they're, and so they may be saying, yes, I want someone, but the other foot's on the brake saying, no, I don't, no, I don't. Oh, totally. Yes. I don't want to get, I don't want to be smothered. I don't want to be controlled. I don't want to you know, have to compromise things that are important to me, you know? And so there's an inner resistance to allowing love to flow because it's based on some story that they actually did see, but mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be true. But no, even if you saw that, none of that, yeah, right. Even if you witness in your parents that it was about power and control and somebody was submissive and the other person was demanding and they just did that, that doesn't mean every relationship is that way. doesn't mean- I- Yours has to be that way. I um, love that you're saying that because that's one of the questions when I'm triggered or my nervous system says, woohoo, I yeah. say, mm, I take a deep breath, go into my heart. And I, and I, and I coach this for not only myself, but other people. I ask, is this true to me? Yeah. Right. Is it authentic? My, and I love that you use the words authentic because my anchor, my anchor words that just thunks into my, my body and my soul yeah. is authentic and genuine. Yeah. And so if that's not showing up, I'm like, mm, yeah. there's a lesson. I'm learning something right. here, but I'm, right. not, I'm, right. not, I'm not jumping in that pool. <laughs> right. Oh, I get you. Right. So I use this metaphor and I, I really work with my clients about, we got to get you in relationship shape. We got to look at these seven muscles yes. and we got to get them stronger. Yeah. Right. And some people, they're already strong in some of these areas. Other areas are like, oh my God, no, that's my deal. I, that's a muscle that's so flabby. And so I've developed something that I should mention here. At the, it maybe you should, I know, I've the end got here, going. I, please is, do. We've got a couple more like, minutes. Wouldn't it be nice if you could get a general idea of your current relationship fitness level? Yes, please. Like, right? If you went to the gym and you hired a good personal trainer, that you would tell them your goal. Okay, I want to lose this much weight or I want to do what you have a goal. Well, the trainer is going to say, okay, let me run you through a bunch of assessments to see where we are now. We can assess your strength levels, your, your cardio, your aerobic abilities. Once we know where you are, then I can put a program together to get you to where you want to go. Yes. Well, why don't we do that in our love lives? Yes. We know we, know we want the sustainable, healthy, conscious relationship. Okay. Where are we starting from though? 
you know, what do you need to work on? How strong are these muscles? And once we can identify your current fitness level, well, then I can put a program together for you, tailored to your body, you could say, right? right. And get you where you want to go. So I've created this thing called the Relationship Fitness Self-Assessment Test. And it's right Yay. on the homepage of my website, okay? And now, all website. I tell people is it's, it's coachingwithroy.com. Right on the homepage, okay. you can't miss it. Okay. It's extremely confidential. It takes about five minutes to take. It's 30 questions, true, false. So it's real simple, but it's really accurate. And that's the bad news. Okay. So most people, <laughs> most people find out they're not in as good a shape as they thought. Okay. Yeah. Which would make sense because you probably wouldn't be listening to me if you were in the most glorious relationship <laughs> of all time. Right. So I just want to tell people, I took my own test. I wrote it, but I took it from the mentality that I had before I worked with my coach. Gotcha. And I scored at the lowest fitness level, obviously. I was a mess, right? Right. So I tell people, don't get discouraged if it comes back saying, you got you got some work to do, right? That's where it's, you want to be. You want, the, right. you want that, right? Yeah. Right. So there's five categories, right? You can be ripped, Yay. right? You can be ripped or you can be skinny fat, okay? <laughs> <laughs> or you can be overweight, unhealthy or dangerously out of shape. And that's where I was. My wife took the test from where she was before she worked with a therapist, before she had met me, she was dangerously out of shape. Most people, that's kind of where they score yeah. because we've just got a lot of baggage and we got a lot of stuff and that's why right. our love lives aren't very good. So anyway, at least go find out what your fitness level is. It's not like the gospel truth. I'm not saying I know everything, but maybe get some feedback because it might give you a little kick in the butt to say, well, maybe I need to work on me. Maybe it's not them. Maybe it's me. It's always you. It's <laughs> always me, meaning me. Oh, Roy, this has been incredible. Triple W coaching with Roy.com. We are running out of time, Roy. Yeah. I swear we could keep doing this. I love this conversation. Thank you so much for being in the rink, stepping in the ring and showing up and teaching and being that shining light to men and women. Thank you so much for joining us here in the Gratitude Cafe. Thanks for having me. It's been wonderful. Oh, it's been a treat. Guys, we'll see you. Uh, go to www.sulanquist.com forward slash newsletter and you can get the show, copy, all the goods. Uh, until next week, each of you guys are a gift. Get out there and share yourself with the world. If you like the show, help more people find us by adding your review of the show on iTunes. The more reviews we get, the more people we can reach with this inspiring message on the Gratitude Cafe. Simply search for Gratitude Cafe in iTunes, hit subscribe, and add your honest review. It would help us immensely and we'll be forever grateful. It's one of the best ways you can give back to the show with your review. Thanks for tuning in to the Gratitude Cafe. Don't forget, every week is a new show, and you could submit your questions at sulanquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. The show goes live at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time in Seattle on Seattle's Alternative Talk AM 1150. You can also call in to the show at 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. Find the live streaming link at sulanquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. We'll see you next week.